Hey, Sales of Nation, it's your host, Tyler Lindley. Today, I have Shaheem Alam on the podcast. Hey, Shaheem, how you doing today? Good, 7 a.m. on a Monday morning, ready to rock. Rock and roll, let's do it, awesome. Shaheem is the co-founder of Five Rings Marketing, doing a lot of top of funnel work for B2B SaaS companies. And that's exactly what we're gonna talk about today, talking about outbound prospecting in 2021, specifically for SaaS and tech companies who are just getting started building that prospecting muscle. For those founders out there who have run out of those friends and family leads and are now looking to really start build prospecting and outbound motion, in their business and their sales org, which can be tough initially for some of those folks who don't have experience doing that. Shaheem, what do you recommend for folks in those circumstances? How should you get started with outbound prospecting? Yeah, absolutely. I think the most important thing for founders of early stage startups to do before they actually start or start getting prepped for outbound prospecting is to start understanding their buyers. That's some of the work. So at any given moment, we're working with 20 to 30 tech companies, B2B SaaS companies, and we're helping them with sales. And the first thing and the time that we spend the most research on is really building those buyer personas, really understanding what are their biggest pain points? What keeps these people up at night? What are their biggest challenges? And then how is your product actually solving their challenge? And when you're going about this, it's really thinking about who is your product actually built for? And I think that trends are changing. I think what we found is that a lot of founders, they've built these products and then they try to find the buyer after. And that's unfortunately like the, the world that we live in. That's what happens. But I think that time needs to happen. It's really spending understanding your customer profile. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Do you think in your experience, do a lot of companies at that stage already have that buyer persona pretty hashed out where they're really understanding who they're going after? Or is that sometimes a little bit unclear at that stage? They usually have an idea. Mm-hmm. They'll have a couple titles in mind as to, hey, these are their decision makers. A lot of that is based on their experience, right? Like they'll usually have, let's say, three or four customers that came through their friends and family, uh, through their network. And they'll say, okay, in these companies, I got in touch with this person and they moved this whole project forward. So I think that's my, but then a lot of times that may be true, but then there's also these other people in, in like on a broader scale, right? Like you're not necessarily going to start at the CTO of every company. You're probably going to start a little bit lower. You're going to start maybe at an enterprise architect and, and other personas at the VP director level. And that's a lot of the work that we do, I feel is, yeah, we get meetings with decision makers, so on and so forth. But a lot of the groundwork is really in understanding who is your buyer and then going from there and thinking about the rest. It's interesting. You bring up, it sounds like multiple buyer personas, which I think a lot of people yeah. think, oh, we probably just have one. It's right. Who It's to that end decision maker that we're working with. But a lot of times, as we know, in B2B SaaS sales, especially as you go up market, there's multiple decision makers involved in a sales process. Is part of your work identifying those other folks that might be involved in the process versus just that end decision maker? Yeah, 100%. If you look at our service packages, the one that's like the one, the main one that everyone goes for, it includes four customer profiles. And that's that's four customer personas. And we'll build more than that throughout. That's like four per month. And the reason why we bake that into the process is we know that, okay, there's going to be a top-down approach, then there's going to be the influencers, and then there's going to be maybe the users. And you might want to go after them too, just to generate conversations within the same organization. You actually had a post recently talking about prospecting. And one of your points was prospecting 
it's not just to go ahead and close the sale, but it also builds awareness. It gets people yeah. talking about your product within a company. And I think like that's the kind of like noise you're trying to generate when you're prospecting is get like to get the users talking, let's get the yep. directors talking, maybe a C-level talking. And that will influence like the decision long term. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think awareness is so important. I think folks that are just getting into prospecting feel like, oh, if I don't book the meeting, it was a, I failed, right? Where there's a lot yeah. of other goals that you can accomplish as you're doing prospecting. You bring yeah. up some interesting points there, talking about top down, bottom up, middle out. Those might be unfamiliar words to some founders yeah. who are just getting to know about these different ways that you can try to break into an account. How do you figure out which approach is the best? What are some of those differences in those approaches? And then how do you figure out what is best for this specific client? I think the, the way that you figure out what's best is just by doing it. It's through experimentation. So what we'll do is we'll create campaigns for each persona. Let's say maybe there is a CTO persona within a company that we're going after or a COO. I mean, we're targeting the C-level, but then there's going to be like, a, let's say VP of software engineering persona somewhere in there. And then below that, there might even be a persona for a senior application engineer, right? So it's, those are the three different personas and you're going to reach out to them and you're going to, your goal is to have as many conversations as possible. Mm. When you're an early stage founder, just have as many conversations with people who could be your prospects. And you're going to start discovering which were the useful conversations, which were not, who's actually feeling the pain, who isn't feeling the pain, which part of your product is actually resonating. Like you might think feature A and B are the best features in the world, but then people don't even care about them. They care about feature C. So having those, I think like prospecting from the perspective of customer discovery mm -hmm. is like the best thing that an early stage SaaS founder can do. Oh, definitely. I totally agree. You, you bring up have as many conversations as possible. I think that's so important. How important do you think it 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 is that those conversations be live? Like a conversation like we're having right now, is that really crucial or can these conversations happen over email or over social or, or do they really need for you to really do some of that customer discovery? Do they really need to be live on the phone or over a video? I think it has to be live. I don't think you can get a lot of information across through text and like, and the questions that you want to ask require someone to actually go much deeper. And usually, so uh, you're familiar with jobs to be done. Yes. So we implemented that actually internally at our own company to figure out like what our clients want, and then we could change our strategy. But basically, typically when you're doing a jobs to be done type of interview and you're doing customer discovery, the first answer you get is not the answer that's going <laughs> to help you. Yeah. Right? You're going to have to dig deeper and dig deeper. And you can't really do that on email. It's going to be a long chain of annoying emails. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that jobs to be done theory, I think, is very interesting. And one that I think a lot of people don't think about. How internally, how do y'all think about jobs to be done? Like, how are y'all using that, Shaheen? At one point, this was, I would say, a year or so into our agency being um, active, we were experiencing churn. We were starting to lose customers and we were, what is going on? Why is everyone leaving? And, and it wasn't everybody, but it just felt like all of our clients are leaving us. And so we started digging in and we discovered, and we learned about from one of our mentors, learned about jobs to be done theory. And the way that we implemented is we just spoke to our existing customers and just asked them, what job did you hire us to do? And then they would first just say, oh, well, 
hired you guys to get more sales, right? Okay, well, what are you trying to accomplish by getting more sales? Oh, more revenue, more stakeholder value, blah, blah, blah. Okay, what are you trying to accomplish though by doing that? And they're like, we're just trying to see if there's actually a fit for our product mm-hmm. in the market. We're just trying to validate our product in the market or we're trying to build a funnel so that we can go and raise funds, right? Show that to investors like, hey, we have an active funnel. We need more, we need to inject some cash. So when we got to that level, we found this theme across all of our clients, which are again, early stage SaaS founders. And it was, okay, they're looking to find product market fit, looking to validate their product in the market. They're going to market, they're doing customer discovery. And once we learned this, we were now able to differentiate ourselves from all the other thousands of lead generation agencies that are, you know, reaching out to you and I on LinkedIn. And really we're not helping you with lead generation. We're helping you with customer discovery. We're helping you find where your market is so you can find that product market fit. And that completely changed our sales pitch, our marketing collateral service packages, even what they're called. And it really made a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, that's so important. It sounds like you you basically went through that process internally, which is awesome. For folks that want to learn more about jobs to be done, I actually interviewed Bob Moesta back on episode 17 of the podcast. And we talked a lot about that jobs to be done theory. He worked with Clayton Christensen pretty closely at oh, Harvard. Wow. And, uh, and he just wrote a new book called, I think it's called Demand Side Selling, and uh, talked a little bit about that jobs to be done theory and how yeah. it can apply to sales. So definitely some some more, more areas to pack in there if, you, if you're interested in learning more about jobs to be done. So what about, okay, so once we get, let's say we've identified those buyer personas, we're starting yeah. to work on some of that customer discovery, that jobs to be, what comes next, Shaheem? What's up, what else is important for you to establish for in these outbound prospecting efforts on the front end? Yeah. Once you understand who you're reaching out to, the next step, other than getting a lead list of those folks, is actually how do you speak to them? How do you actually book a conversation on your calendar? What is in it for them to book a conversation with you? And that's where um, building a very like detailed customer profile comes in. We will go deep. Like We'll look at, okay, what are all their pain points that they're... And then out of all those 10 pain points, which are the ones that we can solve, which are the ones that we can relieve when they're using our you know, product or you know, our, our client's product, what are the big gains? What will results look and feel like? And that once you have an understanding of that, you pretty much have all of these different things in your kind of tool belt that, okay, now in my messaging, I'm going to try pain point A and benefit A. And I'm going to try that. I'm going to have another version trying pain point B and benefit B. And I'm going to have these different variations going out through LinkedIn, through email, and just seeing what 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 resonates, mm-hmm. right? And the key, I think, is to not overcomplicate it. Your customer profile will be super, super complex. It'll be super deep. But when you're reaching out to someone, it's just to keep it simple, keep it like colleague to colleague. And again, just ask for a conversation. Like so the way that we go is hey, hey John, working on something that I think you might find relevant given your background. We're developing a platform that provides XY benefit mm-hmm. by doing XY. Mm-hmm. would you be opposed to a conversation? And that's pretty much it, right? Keep right. it very, very simple. Yeah, it's interesting. You bring up a good point there. Like your customer profile should be complex and deep and intricate because you want to really understand who these people are and and why might they be interested. But your messaging should be the opposite. Your exactly. messaging should be simple. It should be clear. It should be concise. I always tell new reps, every word in that email costs you a dollar and you want to 
You want to make that as cost effective yeah. of an email as possible, because I think new, folks have a tendency to just give more and more detail and longer yeah. and paragraphs and persuasive words and adjectives, where it's, I just want you to try to keep the message simple. Do you find that you, is that a lot of what Five Rings does where, are you having to build the, that simple message, some of those templates out, or do you do that alongside your clients or how does that typically work? Yeah, so we do kind of everything, right? We, we'll build the customer profiles for you. We'll get the lead list. We'll create the messaging sequences. We'll ABCD test the hell out of it until we figure out what works. And we'll book the meetings onto your calendar. So we help our clients with all of that. Yeah. Okay, got it. That makes sense. Let's talk a little bit about the tech stack that folks might be using. Do y'all, typically when you start working with one of these newer founders, are they already you using a, a pretty defined tech stack that's, hey, we want whatever work you do to fit into this? Or are you going in and, and implementing new tech uh, from the get-go? Or like, how does how do you work with folks either existing or non-existing tech stacks? Yeah, it's interesting. You'll find some founders that are, you know, super excited to get things started and they're just going to purchase like three, four tools. Like they have Zoom Info, they right. have Reply.io for emails, they have like everything set up and, and, and that's great. They have that. And then there's others where they've tried like sending out some emails or some email automation. Maybe they tried a LinkedIn automation tool, right? So on and so forth. And they've experimented here and there. So it really varies, but we just use our own tech stack. And the only, what we'll integrate though is with their CRM. Because we don't want to change their CRM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. that makes sense. So it's important. Obviously, it's important that folks, that new founders, have a CRM in place. Are, are, do y'all give best practices for CRMs, or what are your thoughts on how should CRM be used at these early as you're just building out this prospecting and outbound motion? Where, where does the CRM fit in? Yeah. So most of our clients will use HubSpot because the HubSpot free version goes so far, like it's so amazing. And so that's what they'll use. That's what we'll recommend if they don't have a CRM set up. It's just a quick uh, HubSpot account that'll, that'll solve it for you. And we try to get them into the habit. I mean, we really help them build these habits is like take notes when you're holding these meetings, like standardize kind of like the questions that you're going to be asking. So they're, it's all there. We'll help them create like an actual sales funnel, like what the deal stages are, you know, what we're giving you is an MQL, but what is your definition for an SQL, right? What are you doing for nurturing later on and help them organize their funnel? Some founders have already set that up um, ahead of time and we fit into how they have set it up, but we'll also advise them. So a lot, a lot of we like a lot of times we are advising them on their like CRM setup, hygiene, sales process and, and stuff like that for sure. Makes sense. What do you what areas do you see founders missing on in this as they're trying to set up this? machine, mm -hmm. this revenue machine, this outbound prospecting motion for the first time, where do founders miss? Like, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see them making? Yeah. The first one is, of course, the understanding the customer. I think if a lot of work hasn't been done there, then like it's a lot of the work that we're doing. And, and I'll actually, one of our clients, they came to us and they said, Hey, we don't want to engage in your services, but here are like 15 or 20 different titles. We just want to know what's out there. Can you just go and get the data for us. And they just paid for the data and we, and we sent it to them. And they spent like a good six months just analyzing those profiles. And then when they came back to us with a clear idea of who their buyers are, it was nuts. Like we booked 27 meetings in the first month, which is unheard of. That's in the first month, that's not happening. Right. But that has been like one of our best performing campaigns because they understood it so well. I, like, I keep harping on that, but that's so important. And then number two, it's really that messaging portion where they don't know which 
features to focus on, or they focus on features actually, number one, which is like the problem, but it's really like that or not understanding that you don't necessarily on LinkedIn, you don't need to be all high. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're yeah. this and that and fluff and fluff and like all of that and sending out like a full story in, in your messaging. So really like messaging strategies, which are also always evolving depending on the channel. They, that's usually the next thing that they need a lot of help with. And then other than that, it's really, they don't have, maybe they have us one sales rep or they don't have a sales team. So they don't have the manpower and they're founders. They're wearing like, you know, 10 different hats. <laughs> they're building the product, getting investment, trying to close deals, like all trying to follow up all of that. And so I think it's just that that's the next challenge is you don't have the manpower. Yeah. And so with us, you get a full team to yep. help you with that. So. How, how should founders know when they should hire a salesperson? Do you know, what does that inflection point look like? Or have, what have you seen in the market? What we've seen is when we start with a company that has no salespeople, we're doing a lot of the, a lot of the work in getting the meetings. And when they find themselves in a position where they have this big pipeline, we've booked them like tons of meetings, but there's this tactical sales work required to actually move them along the funnel follow up on time, follow up the right way. And that whole tactical mm -hmm. part of it, once they start feeling like they're not really able to like, you know, do their part, because mm -hmm. just because again, they're so busy and that's not their main job. That's when they look at either bringing on a VP of sales or they'll bring out like their first enterprise account executive or, or just an account executive. And then, so we'll do our work to support the VP sales or to support that account executive. That's yeah. usually the trend that we've seen. And yeah, that, that, I think it's a good model to yeah, start with. That makes sense. Do you think it matters if they're bringing on, is the VP of sales or, or the first AE, are they essentially doing the same job if they're the first sales hire? I, I think it's more or less the same thing. If It depends actually. So it's it depends on the experience because a VP of sales, if you bring them on, they're going to provide a lot of structure and scale and automation. And they're going to start thinking in, in those kind of ways. I'm not just closing deals. Whereas an account executive might be thinking about just closing deals and that's their focus. So yep. it depends on who you hire, what you hire them for. And I guess like what the expectations are. That makes sense. So if your first, if your first hire is either that VP of sales or AE, what should mm. the next hire be? Like, should they go out and just add another AE and have them do full cycle? Or should they start thinking about adding somebody to do prospecting like an SDR? Or what do you think would be like the next hire after that? On the sales team? I think ideally <laughs> for, for the way that we kind of work, it's like, hey, just keep hiring AEs and we'll keep supporting them with right. meetings. That's like how, like what my answer would be. But really you need the SDR, whether it's us, whether you're outsourcing it or you have it internally, yeah. you need someone focusing on that top of the funnel for you, just doing that raw, like grind, dirty work to get that stuff out there. But I also think that you don't need to hire your second AE anytime soon. Yeah. Right. Out. One full time AE will go a very, very long way. You should make yeah. sure they're humming and like over, yeah. <laughs> over, they have yeah. too much to do before you think about that second hire. Exactly. And really use that opportunity. And this is something we do internally as a team is we have a new role. We want to systemize it as much as possible before hiring the second person. Like the second hire should just be coming in and plugging into something, not creating the systems. Right. From scratch. Which is why it may be more important that you're built, you're hiring that VP, somebody with a little bit more experience to yes. help build the machine a little bit than just fit yeah. into a machine that's still 
not quite figured out. Like you don't really want to start adding to that second, third AE or SDRs until you really have the machine humming. So you can now start plugging and playing. Exactly. And, and I would say um, just as another tip from what we've seen is a lot of founders will try to hire someone with a network like that, that can bring their network in and then like cool. And then that's cool. And all you'll get, again, you're just getting your sales from networks, but then you're not going to end up building that pure outbound sales funnel and the sales process that you will need eventually. So I would say it's more important to hire someone that has the experience of setting up systems rather than someone that can bring over three customers right away. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I think some newfound inbound is great because of a new employee, but is it sustainable because they don't have this unlimited network. They're going to, like you said, maybe bring on a couple folks, but then after that, what are you going to do? It sounds like, what are your thoughts? Should companies be building out both an inbound and an outbound muscle at this kind of pivotal stage where they're just starting to build, scale up their sales orgs? Yeah, I think that, so in the realm that we play in, which is six-figure ticket items, right? Like that's the ACV usually. You have to start with outbound. I think inbound comes much later on because inbound is it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Number one, you're going to throw a lot of money into ads and, and, and things like that. It, I think you should have a very good understanding of your target market and your buyers before you start pouring in cash like that. Yeah, no, I agree. Is there anything else that we haven't discussed that you think founders out there or, or people just uh, starting to lead a new sales org, scaling it up? Anything we haven't discussed that you think would be relevant for them to know? I would say that as tough as so a lot of our founders, like they come from engineering backgrounds. And so sales is not what they do. And that's fair. But I think that a lot more focus should be put on it. If you have, let's say an outsource firm booking you meetings or even your own team, like booking you like sales meetings and you're as a founder taking those sales meetings, like really focus on that, build a process around it, follow up on time and really treat it as if you are, because as a CEO, you are the first salesperson of your company. And so like the, the founders that we see actually close deals from the meetings we get them are the ones that are saying, yeah, I'm an engineer, but whatever, like they said, this is the follow-up process. I'm going to follow up. I'm going to follow up along this process, follow this sequence, this cadence, and really buy into sales as because, because that's, what's going to drive your business growth. Yeah. hundred percent. Totally agree. Thanks, Shaheem. I appreciate you coming on. If my listeners want to find more more about you online, how can they do so? What's the easiest way to reach you? Yeah, uh, just find me on LinkedIn, Shaheem Alam, Five Rings Marketing or fiveringsmarketing.com. That's our website. Yeah, that's where you can find me. Perfect. Thanks so much, Shaheem, for joining. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Tyler. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the, T-H-E, sales, S-A-L-E-S, lift, L-I-F-T, dot com. Have questions for me? Email me at tyler at thesaleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas, plus action equals results. You've got new ideas, now it's time to take action and the results will follow. See you next time.